And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Oh, man. Boomer, you're the man. Oh, I well, just, thank you. I read that on the bathroom wall somewhere, and I thought I'd just tell you. You are you are. I actually man. wrote it on that wall, but <laughs> I, I just wanted to make myself feel better. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> uh, all right, good deal. Um, hey, by the way, uh, text that. Uh, Boomer, if you would, on the text line, check yeah. that message we just got from Jeff from Holly Pond, something about making sure that we don't have some uh, blank spaces out uh, there. So, I'll check it. Thank you, buddy. Jeff from Holly Pond, thank you very much for giving us the heads up. Hey, so here's the first part of the Triple Dipper. I'm calling it What's the Story? All right, so there's a fine line between hardcore and stupid. All right? Take that for what it's worth. There's a fine line between hardcore and stupid, meaning, like, we used to say that all the time in the military. Like, so, you know, you know, you go jump out of an airplane. Well, that's, that's pretty hardcore. But, you know, you don't jump out without a parachute. That would be stupid. So there's a, there's a fine line between hardcore and stupid, and sometimes that line gets a little blurry. Well, there's also a fine line between holding somebody accountable and going overboard to the point that you now control the flow to the point that there can't even be a narrative. Am I making sense? I'm not sure if I am. Here's the thing that got me started on this. Article in Forbes, it's actually an opinion piece, came out just last week by somebody named Jody Westby. I don't know who Jody Westby is. Maybe I need to look it up. But he starts off by just taking issue, which I think everybody would take issue with this, about a story that broke on The Guardian about a group of Israeli contractors who engage in, by their own admission, engage in election manipulations. They, they literally have some proprietary software that they use that helps them to control thousands of fake profiles on social media like Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of them. And some of these fake accounts are then tied to credit cards that allow them to you know, boost their postings and all these kind of things cryptocurrency wallets, all of it. And they brag that they provide false information to reputable news sources, and then they pick up the stories, and then they magnify them by blasting them out on their own bots. And then the story, they say, provides hard evidence that disinformation can be manipulative in an election. Okay. I'm not denying that. I'm not. Where I get concerned, though, is where this guy went next. Because his claim next in the piece is that means we need a law, a law to stop people from saying stuff we don't like. Really? That's a good idea? Mm, no. He, I mean, he wants to do what he calls intentionally stopping the misrepresentation of facts in political campaigns. Well, good luck with that. Bipartisan fashion, there's too much of what we call in the legal world puffery. Puffery is just the weakest sounding word, but puffery basically means you sort of puffed up your resume, you bragged, you made yourself look a little bigger than you really are. Okay, there's that. Then there's a lie. Puffery and a lie are not the same thing. So what is it this guy wants to limit? Well, he's, he's apparently taking issue with the idea of someone creating fake personalities, creating a fake buzz on social media about a fake storyline that they believe can help manipulate public opinion. Okay, I see that problem. But what he wants, though, is a law, in his own words, passed by Congress that protects voters from disinformation that would not only clean up the election process, it would make it harder for foreign governments to amplify. I get it. But then he goes on to say, we should have disinformation combined with political polling and the messaging can then be targeted and honed for... No, absolutely not. 
What he did was he, he went way beyond the pale. I get it. If you've got fraud, and there's a difference. If you've got fraud, the intent to deceive, all right? If you've got an actionable intent to deceive, if you are, and, and by the way, George Santos right now is the, the poster boy for lying about his resume, right? And he's a Republican. George Santos claiming all these things. I worked for Goldman Sachs. I had, a, I had this on my resume. I had that degree. I used to do these things. Mm, no, those are called lies. There's no, there's no uh, uh, I was in the Army for five years, but it was really four. No, none of that. No, there's no puffery. There's a lie. Now, but, but then the idea of taking away the ability of someone to have a differing opinion is where it gets really scary, like really scary, like it can't happen. Like if we, if we let ourselves go down too far down that road, there may be no coming back. At some point, if you're controlling the narrative or the allowance to even have a narrative, then what are you really doing to society? So... I'm going to get, by the way, in case you're wondering, yes, indeedy, I am getting to the uh, issue of uh, China uh, uh, and, and the Wuhan lab with the new report that came out. That's part of the narrative piece I'm talking about. But, but let me give you a few other examples. For instance, I've got an article here from National Review came out uh, yesterday. Headline is the nonsensical narratives in East Palestine. So you've seen the thing about the train wreck in uh, the derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, uh, the chemical uh, endangerment of the entire community. And you've also seen, by the way, the lack of response from the Biden administration, which is now trying to spin things. Now that they are weeks down the road, Pete Buttigieg, who finally made it out there, has tried to pin the accident on the Trump administration. Hmm, really? So we're told that we can't have a narrative about something, but they're allowed to spin things to that level. But when do we actually need a law to do it for us? When do we need a law to decide that we are or are not allowed to say or even hear something. It's a dangerous road. It's that fine line, that fine line between hardcore and stupid. Well, there's a fine line between preventing fraud and controlling a narrative. It's a fine line when you've got politicians that are willing to do like what Pete Booty Judge did to save his own flagging career. He finally goes down there, stands around in designer shoes, and then he comes out and goes, well, you know, the real problem is the Trump administration didn't take issue with this uh, a few years ago. No, dude. No. It's on your watch. Go down there and work to fix the problem. But now I can't do that. Got to have an alternative narrative. Got to make sure we put the story out the way we need the story to be heard. And, okay, we're not dummies. We can see it. There are those that are going to love Pete Booty Judge no matter what he does. If they found pictures of him doing strange things in a drawer somewhere, uh, they would still love him. And then there are those like us who look at him sideways and go, yeah, no, we don't, we don't agree. But do we need a law to do that? And, 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 I, and I, would, I would dare say that there are going to be times when certainly you need laws to prevent bad behavior or to reinforce good behavior. There's other times, though, when not making a law is the better form of justice. And what we don't need is the peddling of, you know, fear-mongering, and why we need a law to tell us what narratives we're allowed to hear or not hear. Here's a classic example. Redstate.com has a piece. came out uh, Saturday. It's called The Tucker Effect. 
Tucker Carlson has liberals just freaking out right now. Why? Well, for a variety of reasons, <laughs> not the least of which is that Tucker has been given access to the 41,000 hours of closed-circuit TV footage related to January 6th. Okay, so I thought the story was in. I thought we were done with this. No, we're not done with it. And now what's happened is this. Liberals are freaking out. Wait, Tucker, wait, Tucker got what? Tucker did what? So yeah, a group of media organizations, including CBS News, is now demanding their own access to a tranche of surveillance and police videos from the January 6th assault. The letter was sent, believe it or not, on behalf of CBS, CNN, Politico, ProPublica, ABC, Axios, Advanced Scripts, LA Times, and Gannett. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, every one of those has been espousing a different narrative for the last several years. The only reason why they're freaking out is because suddenly Tucker Carlson may wind up looking, making them look bad because they were so locked into a narrative and they beat up anybody who dared to speak differently as opposed to that narrative that now the truth may come out and they don't know what to do about it. That's what's happening. They're demanding the access that the article points out. But the primary question that rears up in response is, if you already thought you had the story and reported it, why do you need the access now two years later? Oh, because you just sat back and enjoyed the narrative. And you didn't do any hard reporting. And now you want the rest of us to go, hmm, what do we think? Oh, now we're allowed to think? Folks, I'm going to tell you, this is a, this is a, this is a big deal. And by the way, if you, if you look at things like uh, George Orwell's 1984, he had the whole thing about Newspeak. The idea that they could change the narrative by changing the language. Or that they also had, by the way, the idea control, the thought police, the ability to tell you what you will think and what you are not allowed to think. And if they used Newspeak, it helped control the thought processes. And if they gave you the narrative and you didn't stay with it, they could do away with you. What we do not need is a series of laws put in place that tells us what to think. We have to be a thinking people on our own, period. And the, the most damning of all of the narratives has been what has been perpetrated on the American people over the COVID-19 mess for the last several years. Because there are still now laws on the books telling doctors what they are allowed to think regardless of their medical uh, practice and regardless of their medical experience. There are laws on the books, and there are people wanting more laws on the books that go back and shape the history. Well, it's a dangerous road to go down. So this whole point of my first part of the Triple Dipper was you've got to know how to research on your own. And granted, you're going to find things that aren't true, and you're going to have to weed through it. But we have got to be a society of thinkers who are willing to reach out and avoid getting stuck in groupthink and getting stuck in the idea of a government-sponsored narrative, or for that matter, a government-banned narrative. That's where trouble really begins when it comes to what is the story. All right, Boomer, take us to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come back, and I'm going to dive into the next half of that discussion. What's the story? What's the story on COVID? Brand new report. Have you heard it? Yeah, we have a brand new report that actually assigns blame in maybe in places that we already knew, but we were told not to think about. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Uh, I got I got several folks on the text line here. 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Uh, John from Brownsboro. Uh, let's see what he's saying. Why has no one tied the timeline together between the Chinese police starting to shoot protesters in Hong Kong that was just getting international attention and the sudden pandemic? Never heard another word about it. I, I don't know, John. In fact, I don't know that I've ever even heard that. So that's interesting. We'll, we'll take a look. Um, but uh, John from Huntsville uh, just said, um, what, what, what did he send me now this time? I, I, I don't know what he's, uh, every once in a while I got to read John's uh, text lines uh, two or three times before I know exactly what he's telling me. I'll get back to it, John. Thank you very much. Uh, Lynn from Knoxville, he said, um, Similar story in 81, he said he was in basic training at Fort Benning, one of the platoon drill sergeants, uh, an E-7, treated us horribly to the point that he was removed. His platoon sergeant, and I made sure he realized who I was, did, I did tell him he was going to keep an eye on him, but that was it. Never used my rank like that before or afterwards. That was poetic justice. Good for you, man. Good for you. He said, fast forward years, a few years later, I was a second lieutenant at Fort Campbell, walking through an EIB testing site. A group of soldiers see me. They call me to attention. I salute. As I'm saluting, he said, I recognize that same E-7, so I held my salute. And it was the same eats to heaven that treated us like dirt. Yes, indeed. That sounds like a scene from the end of Band of Brothers uh, when you had that uh, kind of epic Captain Sobel. You salute the rank, not the man. Um, good stuff, man. Appreciate you, Lynn from Knoxville. Thank you for your service, by the way. Uh, to <laughs> Tony from Piedmont. Um, uh, yes, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, complimenting me on the issue of uh, seeing the guy in the elevator sometime later on. Uh Tyler from Huntsville. Tyler from Huntsville. Had never heard the bar exam story. Thank you very much. You Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll be in the area all day. Thank you very much. All right. So let's get back to this. Uh, you want to text in. The topic right now is what's the story? So here's one for you. More reason, by the way, why disinformation laws could be very dangerous. Because when the narrative is demanded, when the narrative is mandated, when the narrative is either told what it will be or disallowed as to be anything other, I'll just tell you right now, it's a dangerous place to be in when that's the official policy. Did, did that just make sense? Anyway, the, it, it's hard not having an audience here once in a while. Boomer, clap or something. Say something for me. All right, thank you very much. So the reality is this. The narrative for the last several years has been, nothing to see here. Fauci's right. All these things. Hey, get in line, you. It's a vaccination pandemic, a, you know, the, the, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Well, a new thing came out in the last couple of days. Headline here, I've got several stories in a row. Headline here, Fox News. Republicans erupt after Energy Department reportedly says that COVID-19 likely came from the Chinese lab. Mm. All the more reason why disinformation laws should not happen. Says congressional Republicans erupted on Twitter Sunday afternoon after the U.S. Energy Department reportedly assessed that the COVID-19 pandemic likely originated from an accidental lab leak in China. Huh. Wow. So when you asked those questions a couple years ago, what were you told? You were deplatformed. You were told, hey, buddy, get in line. Not now. The Energy Department. My first thought was, by the way, why is the Energy Department writing a report on this? Why is that necessary? Well, because apparently the Department of Energy, it has oversight over biological labs. Hmm. 
says the lab leak theory or the theory that the virus came from a lab leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China, was widely dismissed as a conspiracy theory and misinformation by Democrats, major news outlets, scientists, social media companies back in the day, early days of the pandemic. Regarding China's lab leak being proven right does not matter, said Senator Tom Cotton now. What matters is holding the Chinese Communist Party accountable so it doesn't happen again. Because here's the thing. The Energy Department came out with their report just this weekend that says that literally they are now determined that there is a likelihood that the Wuhan lab is the source. Not a bat sandwich from the wet market in Wuhan. By the way, there should never be some place called a wet market. That's just off. That's yeah. Off. That's, yeah, that's just a little off. That's just kind of gross. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Fauci told us, hey, no, nothing to see here. I am science. Don't you question me. I am science. Former director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Dr. Anthony Fauci, he knew that we, Wuhan lab was a potential source, says Senator Eric Schmidt, and he dismissed it. And we know what happened next. So... All this to say, we now have the National Intelligence Council and four other agencies that have assessed at what they call a low confidence that the COVID-19 pandemic originated due to the transmission from an infected animal, while the CIA and others are undecided. But yet the Energy Department and the FBI have now come out and said, no, 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 we have a measure of confidence that indeed, indeed come from uh, the, the Wuhan lab, a, a leak in some capacity. Folks, here's why we can't have misinformation laws. Because the level, the magnitude of, of blowback on anybody who dared to question the narrative back in the day was awful. Can you imagine if it had been weaponized with actual law? Can you imagine if they'd had the force of, now they, I'll be honest, they had the force of censorship. They had the force of deplatforming. They had the force of that same corporate woke prejudice that I talked about earlier. And they did have, to some degree, a level of, you know, government action they could take against you, like the vaccine mandates for a period of time. But all that to say, the narrative that you couldn't question the source was wrong. And I got more on this when we get back, and I'll kind of wrap this up. But here's the deal. What's the story? Well, the story is... We don't need a law to tell us what the story is. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. We will be right back. Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right.
Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national covering down on all of the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. So time now, 306. Second hour? Second hour. Second hour. Wow. Second hour. Okay. Hey, second hour. All right, here we go. So I'm in number one of the Triple Dipper. What's the story? The whole point of this, the, the, the premise of this discussion right now is that we, we don't need a bunch of you know, laws being put in place that tell us what we're allowed to think or what narrative we're allowed to believe. Now, granted, I'm for truth, all right? I want to see truth prevail at all times. I, I don't, I don't want to see uh, fraud. And there's a big difference, though, between fraud, the intent to deceive someone, and you know what I would call... Um, misinformation or puffery or whatever else. But we've had a whole bunch of CYA and narrative spinning uh, about COVID over the last few years. Can you imagine what it would have been if we had had true force of law, like Congress took action to tell you what you were allowed to think? I say that because as we get into this piece about now the Department of Energy the U.S. Department, the Biden Department of Energy, for crying out loud, is saying that they have um, some measure of, of belief that their leak of, a leak from the Wuhan lab is the origin of COVID. Wow. Hello. The interesting piece is the article on National Review is the first one where I saw it say, and I verified it in another source. So a story came out yesterday. It says the report, which was included in an update to a 2021 document by the Director of National Intelligence, was recently provided to the White House and other lawmakers, and sources told the Wall Street Journal that the updated assessment from the Energy Department about the Wuhan leak is the result of new intelligence. Oh, so you found out something new. Okay, now I'll go with that. Now, we may have all had a gut in the past that said, it came from the lab, but we didn't have the smoking gun. I get it. But we were told we weren't allowed to talk about the smoking gun from the lab. We were told we were not allowed to speculate. We were told that was an inappropriate narrative. We were told that we were racist if we thought that Chinese might have done this. We were told that we were trying to basically perpetrate a, a fraud upon the public. It's a, it's a, it, was a, it was a bat. Somebody ate a bat and it caused it. Now we're finding out, oh, wait a minute. They've got some new intel. What's the story? Well, the story, number one, may be the backstory here may be don't put laws in place that dictate whether or not you're allowed to stray from the narrative. Because guess what? Two years later, at the very least, if you take this at face value, at the two years later, they found some new evidence, enough to make them revise their narrative. White House National Security <laughs> Advisor Jake Sullivan uh, he ain't convinced, though. He goes, quote, here's what I can tell you. President Biden has directed repeatedly every element of our intel community to put effort and resources behind getting to the bottom of this question. Blah, 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 blah. He says, if we gain any further insider information, we'll share it with Congress. Certainly they will. And we'll share it with the American people. I believe that. But right now, he says, there's not a definitive answer that has emerged from the intel community. No, there's not. I'll grant him this. I'll grant him there's not a definitive answer that has emerged in the public sphere. Let's put it that way. But we do have the Department of Energy and the FBI both assessing 
that there is reason to believe a leak at the Wuhan lab occurred, and yet we were told we couldn't think that way. Pray tell what would have happened had we had a law in place that told us how to think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I won't even go down that one. Townhall.com has a similar article. Ted, Cru <coughs> Ted Cruz, though, came out, and he torched the Washington Post fact-checkers because in back in May of 2020, Daily Wire has a piece, came out yesterday. Daily Wire reports that Senator Ted Cruz mocked the Washington Post fact-checker Glenn Kessler on Sunday over the release of this new intel report that shows that the Department of Energy believes coronavirus originated in the Chinese lab. Pray tell, why would that be? Maybe because back in May of 2020, Kessler just like shamed Ted Cruz for daring to have a different narrative. Yeah. And, and basically mocked Senator Cruz for not looking at the evidence, to which Cruz had to go out there and sort of clarify things with him back in the day about, hmm, you're a reporter. How about you just report? But what we have now is that same reporter on his heels, because whereas he had mocked a U.S. senator for having a narrative back in the day, now that U.S. senator is going, how you like me now? Well, here's the thing. Here's the, here's, the, here's the poster child for bad ideas. Gavin Newsom, California. I'll wrap it with this. Story from thehill.com exactly 30 days ago today. Federal judge blocks California misinformation law. This is why you don't do it. This is why it's a bad idea to mandate the narratives and tell people what they're allowed to think or not think. So the federal judge has temporarily blocked a California law intended to prevent doctors from spreading COVID-19 misinformation, finding that it is unconstitutionally vague. You think? Says a group of five doctors and two nonprofit advocacy groups sued last November after California Governor Gavin Newsom, the guy who many believe will run for president, by the way, signed Assembly Bill 2098 into law the month before. The law states that disseminating misinformation or disinformation related to COVID-19, including information about the risks of the virus, prevention, treatment methods, and vaccines, shall be considered unprofessional conduct for a doctor. The law states that misinformation is defined as false information. And it goes on to talk about the penalties. Folks, that's on the books right now in California. And a court had to get involved and declare it mm, constitutionally vague and enjoin that law from being upheld. However, the fact that California saw fit to get out there and put a law in place that tells doctors what they are allowed to say, think, or do that's outside of the controlled narrative, which, by the way, we just learned that the Biden Department of Energy has come out and said, mm, there's things about COVID that we didn't think were true that we now believe may be true. And yet they're going to tell a doctor, because it's misinformation, they're going to tell a doctor what they're allowed to say to their patients. Really? How about no? How about don't tell me what to think? How about people make mistakes and sometimes there will be an issue? How about people get bad information once in a while and they have to learn to weed through it? How about we're smarter than that? How about we as a society, yeah, there's a bunch of sheep in our society, and I get it. There's also a bunch of sheepdogs, and we don't need to be told what to think. We're allowed to research it and find out because this is a society that prides itself on liberties like the right to freedom of expression, freedom of speech. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, the idea that California has that law is antithetical to good sense. But we do not need to go down the road of trying to control thought. All right, there's my there's my 40-minute rant, boom. How about it? Like Did I, it. Am I talking out my head? Good. That's, what, that's what Charlene would say on a bad day. You're just talking out your head. Oh, baby. But no, I do believe it. Uh, I, I do. I do think it's absolutely necessary that we be allowed to um, to screw up. Uh, that we be allowed the the freedom to develop the narrative. That we be allowed the right to question. And that if we don't, then all we've done is become Big Brother. That's all we've done. All we've done is become Orwell's 1984. And uh, does it mean that there will be times that somebody will trip and fall or stumble or have the wrong idea? Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. It's one of the hallmarks of a free society the right to screw up, but also the right to get it right because you weren't told what right was. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We're going to take a break right now. We'll come right back and kick off number two, talking about choosing choice. Bottom of the hour, two, State Senator Larry Stutz calling in to talk about legislation that may or may not come to fruition and bring school choice into reality in Alabama. We'll see. Phil Williams. Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. (laughs) 